Yes, um, we are right in um, uh, the middle of a series on the Great Exchange. So, um, if you've been here over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at a slower pace for hurry, community for isolation. Um, and just that as we say yes to Jesus, he offers us an amazing exchange. And you know, when, when we were doing those first couple of weeks, I was just thinking the knock-on effect of having a hurried or isolated life, or both, is an increased feeling of anxiety. And so what I want to talk about this morning is that Jesus offers us peace for anxiety. This is going to be so annoying. I'm so sorry. More for me. Oh, so you know what? If you'd like to open your Bible, if you have a Bible with you, that's a weird thing to say in church, isn't it? I was thinking this as I was preparing it. Um, <clears throat> oh, you couldn't grab me the other one, could you? Is that all right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Shall I use that? Okay. Yeah. Or the other. Yeah, that's fine. Ah. Hello. I'm going to use this. Okay. I'll sort that in a minute. I was thinking it's weird that we say, if you bring a Bible to church, um, because... It seems like quite an obvious thing to do, but I guess not lots of people do that anymore. Your, your phone is a Bible. Just talk among yourself for two seconds. Right. You know what would help if I didn't have so much hair? Okay. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. We're on. Yay! Hooray! Oh, my word. Okay. Okay. Let's read from the Bible, if you have one. Matthew 6, 25 to 34. If you don't have one, it's going to come up here. This may be part of the problem. If we didn't put it up on the screen, you would have to bring your Bible. Anyway, it says this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. That is good news right now. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food? and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yeah, I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Before we start properly, I'm going to pray. Yeah, Lord Jesus, I just, I want to thank you today that you offer us peace for anxiety and I just want to pray that as we um, really focus on your word this morning, that you would speak into our 
hearts and into our spirits this morning and that you would break off anything from the world that would say something different. Say, Lord, would you just um, do work in us this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. So here's a little bit of context before we start properly. So um, when I was working on this this week, Callum was in touch to ask if I would like to talk about it and meet. And I was like, that'd be brilliant. Maybe we catch up Friday because I haven't actually done it yet. Um, and then, hurry for a slower pace. My life was just a bit mad this week. It was a bit of a busy week. And it got to Friday and I realized... Oh my goodness, I haven't been in touch. So I just sent him a message going, oh, I'm really sorry. He's like, it's fine, just, you know, if you'd wanted to catch up. And I said, oh, but I think I'm okay. I think it's okay. And then yesterday, I rewrote most of it. Because <laughs> it wasn't okay. And I was like, why did I say it was okay? And I was really stressed about it yesterday. And the irony was not lost on me that it's about anxiety. And yesterday, I was like, oh, how do you feel about it? And I said, Anxious. <laughs> so the definition of anxiety is a feeling of nervousness, unease, just that feeling that something uncertain is happening. And actually, most of us just know it as that kind of sick feeling that sits right here, which I have a little bit right now, um, feeling unsettled and stressed. And, you know, there is obviously... Uh, a more serious aspect as well, um, panic disorders, PTSD, obsessive compulsive disorder, anxiety, social anxiety disorders. And, and do you know what? What I don't want to do today is downplay any of that. I don't, I realize that there'll be people sat in this room who are dealing with all kinds of things in terms of mental health and anxiety. And I, I wanted to just be so aware of not downplaying anything today because it can be a massive thing in your life and it affects people from every background. It affects men and women, old and young. It affects rich and poor, educated and uneducated. And for me personally, <laughs> I was going to say this is a good preach. I'm not sure it is. When I, when, I saw the break, when I saw this preaching series, by the way, I was like, that is so good. Like, just, it's just such a great series. And I genuinely was so blessed by the first two, which made me feel a bit of pressure for today. But it's that exchange that Jesus gives us for what the world gives us. And when I saw this as my week, I was like, that's so good. I'm so glad I've got that week. And then when I was preparing, I was like, why was I glad I got this week? Why couldn't I have a week that was just nothing personal about me? Um, but actually, it, it's been good to engage with, you know. And the truth is that whilst our culture doesn't necessarily encourage us to live an anxious life, it does encourage us to live a life that leads to anxiety. And that's kind of what we've heard in the first couple in terms of hurry and isolation. Because life is so busy, isn't it? Our schedules are overfull for most people. We work more hours than ever, and it's now so portable. Laptops and tablets and mobiles. And, and whilst that makes it convenient, it also makes it very hard to escape from. 
School puts huge pressure on our young people for exam results. And there's also so many more activities that used to feel like something really cool, but now feels like a pressure as well. Like we have to get to these activities. We have to get our kids to activities. We have to feel like they're involved in all this stuff. And social media, oh, social media, makes us feel like we need to keep up with everyone else. It sells us a way of living that seems appealing, but leads to stress and anxiety. We'll talk more about that later. The thing is, the lines become, between leisure and work have become blurred. And we, for many of us, carry the burden of doing it all and achieving all the things we think we're supposed to. And I wonder this morning how much of this is true for you when you think about your life. How much there's a pressure to try and do it all. Because that used to be a thing, didn't it? Oh, you can have it all. I think it still is, except now it's switched a bit, like you must have it all. It's gone from a you can have it all to you must have it all, and you must fit everything into your life. Um, and I, so this is a balancing act today of going stuff on the paper, stuff that God's like dealing with for me personally. And I, and I felt like it, I couldn't really do today very well without being vulnerable. And that's the hard thing. That's why I wish I could have a preacher which just nothing to do with what's, how it is for me. Because then I could just come up, read it and go home. But it doesn't seem to work like that. Anyway, I am quite an anxious person. I'm also very good at hiding it. Um, I've been teaching since I was 17, so I'm very good at just uh, putting on my teaching face, putting on my game face. So, you know, I can be driving to work and a bit all over the place, and I deep breath, get out of the car, and then I'm into teaching mode, and it's fine. And that's a good thing, and it's not a good thing. Um, I overthink pretty much everything. Oh, yes, that's why I brought this. So... Um, I was going to wear this. I thought that was a bit much commitment to the preach. But this is what my lovely husband bought me. Thinks it's hilarious. If you can't see it from the back, it says Little Miss Overthinker. Thank you. The, the even funnier bit is uh, Marissa, who's our youngest daughter, when she saw it, she was like, I need one of those. <laughs> so we actually have matching T-shirts. <laughs> She's not in here, so I can say that. But, um, but you know, that, that there is always so much going on in my head. And it's not a constant. I, I, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a constantly anxious person, but it comes in waves. And honestly, there's definitely times when it overwhelms me. And it's a process that God is working on in my life. So then when I saw this preach, I was like, thank you, Lord. I'd love to go and talk to everyone else about that. Um, I guess the reason I'm sharing it is because sometimes there's a stigma attached to things like anxiety. And um, we don't, because of that, we don't really talk about it. And because of that, we tend to think everyone else is okay. You know, and... Um, and, I, and that's the reason I mentioned my job, because I'm very aware that because, of, you know, because we, as a job, get up in front of people and talk, people go, well, you're okay. But 
often what's going on behind the scenes for people is very different. And I think that's really important for us to recognize as a family. Because as we look around the room, often we're dealing with our stuff. But we look around the room and go, everyone else seems okay. I asked them at the back, how are you? And they said, fine. That's the church thing, right? You come in, you go, how are you? And you go, fine, thanks. But you're not fine. And so there's an awareness of us as a family to how each other are doing. And there's that constant call back to um, being real, isn't there? How are you? Actually, I'm rubbish. Thanks for asking. Is much better if you are rubbish than just fine. Because the thing is, anxiety can affect everything. It steals your joy. It messes up your sleep. It can cause you to become withdrawn. It causes physical illness. But you know what? Jesus does not want us to live like that. That is not what he wants for our lives. We get told that anxiety is perfectly normal. But Jesus tells us not to worry, not to be anxious. Why? Because he is in control. Jesus is in control. The problem is that we think that we can fix our worry and anxiety with the word if. If I could just get married, then it will be okay. If only I could have kids. If I just earned more money, then I wouldn't have the stresses of finances in my life. If only I had more time then I could fit everything in and it would be okay. If I could just pass my exams, the stress of school and college is so much, but if I could just pass my exams, then it would be okay. If only I had more friends or I was popular or I was less lonely. But the answer isn't in any of our if-onlys. The answer is in Jesus. We weren't made to create or find the solution to our worry and anxiety. We just weren't. Jesus is the answer. So every time we come up with a solution, it might be a temporary solution. If only I had some more money and we've got some more money, I can pay those bills. But then there's another worry around the corner because the answer is Jesus. And, you know, this, so the scripture that we've looked at today are looking at, ironically, used to make me quite stressed and anxious <laughs> because we're not supposed to worry about food and clothes and things like that. And I will worry about it all the time. Oh, what am I going to wear? And oh, this actually, this isn't in the past. This is still, what am I going to wear? What, what are we having for dinner? What should we eat? And I'd be stressing, thinking, oh, it's because I'm not spiritual enough and I'm too worldly. I told you I'm an overthinker. <laughs> this is what happens in my head. But then I felt like God said to me, you're not reading it right. It, it's not that. It's not that we shouldn't worry about those things because that makes us too worldly and we should be more spiritual. It's because it says in there that God has already taken care of that. He's going to take care of it. He says, don't run after those things. You don't need to. I've got this. I know that you need them. That's what it says. God already knows that you need those things. Why are you stressing about them? Not 
don't stress about them because you should be thinking about more holy things. No, we need clothes and we need food and we need provision, but God has already got that. Why do we not need to store things up in barns or bank accounts in the modern day? Because God is taking care of our material needs. And we really don't have time for much of that one, but that's a massive one, isn't it? You know, Clive and I come from non-Christian families who despair about us, I think, because we don't have pensions and we don't have long-term financial plans. And then we give <laughs> to into church and into various charities and to them, it's ridiculous and not sensible and um, a little bit um, thoughtless in terms of our future. Except their, their future to us, they're talking about old age and we're talking about eternity. So, so we go, we don't store up in barns, we invest in the kingdom of heaven because that is our future. We don't need to store up in barns because God is faithful. And I'm not saying that doesn't mean sometimes we don't go through financial pressures and stresses. And if that's where you are right now, I, that's real. I get that. But God is faithful. And he says, you don't need to do that because I've got you. And, and actually, finances for a lot of people is one of the biggest causes of stress and anxiety. But God wants to give you peace for anxiety. And actually... Um, not in my notes at all at the moment. This is very worrying. <laughs> you know, when it comes down to it with stress and anxiety, I'm talking from a personal place, it's because we think we have to control it. We think we have to sort things out. And when we stop and remember that God is in control of all things, he is the creator, provider God, we remember what are we stressing about? What am I being anxious about when I, if I genuinely believe that God is in control? And the good thing is he doesn't tell us just what not to do, worry. He tells us what to do, which is to seek him, to seek him and his kingdom. Him and, his kingdom. and he sorts out everything else anyway. That's the good news. The good news is that as we seek him, he takes care of all the other stuff. And so I wanted to make plenty time today for the practical aspect of this, because I think the thing is, we, most of us know we shouldn't worry. But, and most of us know that worrying doesn't get us anywhere. But the thing is, you end up doing it anyway. And so... I thought, let's do practical steps, because you all sit here today, listen to this, go, very nice, or you might not say that, and then go home. And then it's Monday tomorrow, everyone loves a Monday. Back to Monday, worrying about whatever it is you worry about, feeling anxious, waking up in the morning. Sometimes you just wake up with that moment of download your day, week, uh-uh, and the stress comes, and the anxiety comes. And so... Unless we have practical steps, then it doesn't do anything to change our lives, to transform our lives. So I wanted to spend some time on this to have five practical steps. So the first one 
is to acknowledge the things in your life that cause stress and anxiety. And they're going to come up. Hilariously, Phil did ask me if I wanted to be in control of the... Well, we've already seen my level of technology. I couldn't even put the mic on. So I said, no, you do that. That won't work well. So yes, acknowledge the things in your life that cause stress and anxiety. Do you know, sometimes the thing with anxiety is it sits there as this feeling of something... And we don't always take time to stop and think about what it is. And what it is, what the trigger is for you is different to someone else. But actually knowing the area that you're vulnerable in helps you to stop and recognize it and give it to God. And so for some of you, that will be just feeling overwhelmed with how much you have to do. That can be enough can be enough for your week, can't it, to, to feel that. That is a massive trigger for me, that I just feel overwhelmed. Like, I go, oh, I've got this, and I've got this. Like, I literally, I might do a day, but I might do the whole week. Maybe like, I've got this, and I've got this to do, and I've got that to sort out. And actually, sometimes just stopping and going, oh, Lord, you've got it. And actually, right now, all I have to do is stop and take time with you. Or whatever it is that you're feeling anxious about, taking time and stop to acknowledge what it is. The second thing is to ask questions about what the world says will make you happy. And I put this one in there because the world gives all kinds of stuff that it feeds into us in all kinds of different ways that we think we have to go after. Um, and I guess the question for us is, does that create lasting happiness? Is that what God has for me? And I'll give you an example. So we run a business, and we know a couple of other people that run similar businesses to ours. And, and sometimes when we talk to them, they're very driven um, people. Clive and I are less driven. Um, and when I talk to them, I'm like, oh, my goodness. They're doing all this advertising, and they're... Oh, they've got this happening. They've got, and I think, right, I must do that. We've got to get on and do that. And then, and then I look at their life and I think, oh, my word, you're stressed to bits. So, yeah, well done. Your business is growing and you are absolutely stressed to bits. And you don't have any faith and you don't have any center to your life. And I have to stop myself to go, this is what the world says is important. Success. Like in terms of worldly success, their financial security and success. And I have to stop myself and go, is that what God has for me? Is that what God has called me to? And I know the answer's no. I know the answer's no. But I get carried away with it really quickly. And we are fed stuff all the time, you know, through through advertising, very much through social media, but through all kinds of things that the world says, if you can just get this, you'll be happy. And it, I think it's important for us as God's people to stop and ask the question about whether that's true. The third is the most straightforward and the most difficult. Be still in God's presence and remember that he is in control. And so in all of this, 
stopping and being in God's presence. Now, if busyness and hurry is a thing for you, this is a challenge because stopping to sit in God's presence whilst you're busy and hurried is the very opposite thing to what you feel like you should be doing. And that's why it's so important because there's something about it that says, I accept that God is in control and I'm not. And it's hard. I accept that actually I'm going to get through this day and everything I've got going on by the grace and power of our mighty God, not through my efforts and not because I must complete my to-do list. I'm a to-do list person. It's huge. So we have a friend called John. He used to come and stay with us um, from the States. And um, he is an amazing Christian guy. He's been such a great influence on us over the years. And, and when he used to come and stay with us, he um, every day he would take himself off into the room that he was staying in at our house and have quiet time with God. And um, me and Clive would get annoyed. We'd be like, oh my goodness, there's so much to do. He's just going to lie down. How lazy is he? And, um, he'd be, and he'd be like, guys, if I don't take time to just sit quietly with God and read my Bible and rest, and you know, if I fall asleep, and we would be like, fall asleep? What do you want about fall asleep in the middle of the day? There's so much to do. And now I look back and I just think, wow, he's right. It's a discipline. It's a discipline to take time with God every day in the midst of the day. And I laugh now I look back because back then I just found it incredibly annoying and now I'm like yeah wow that's a real discipline to stop and say actually no this is the most important part of my day how hard that is and if you did um oh here we go if you did um what was it called emotionally healthy spirituality I did I made sure I was stopping every day with God two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, not loads of time, just stopping every day with God. And it was so good. And I was like, I'm going to do this all the time. This is so good. (laughs) And then a week later, I was like, oh no, now I'm not doing it. I needed the book. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's so important to take that time with God. And so if you're looking for something practical to do this week, and you only pick one thing, do that. Stop in your day to spend time with God. Four is controversial. Number four, make healthy choices about social media. So, and I say this really clearly right now, for some people, a healthy choice about social media is don't have it. Because for some people, it's just not a good idea. We know people who, so we communicate with, with um, the people that we teach a lot through social media. Uh, and occasionally people come to me and they go, I don't have social media. I'm like, what? And, and I've had amazing conversations with a couple of them about, they just go, it's just not very good for me. So I don't have it. I'm like, oh, that's a good choice. And so that might be a good choice for you. If, if that isn't your choice, then making healthy choices about it might be how long you spend on social media. And I feel like, I mean, ah, the youth are out inauthentic today. This is true for them, but it's not just them, right? 
I think we all need to make good choices about how much time we spend on social media. How much time your kids spend on social media, if you're a parent. And this is the, this is the other bit that goes with it, and this is important. For, again, for some of you, you might go, I don't even know what social media is. I, I'm not interested. And that's great, good for you. Trust me, you dodged a bullet, I feel. But if you are on social media, you want to think about who you follow on there. Because that is another massive thing that leads to anxiety for people. We, we follow people on, on different ones and end up feeling anxious and not good enough. Um, and again, part of our job is, a fit, is fit, the fitness industry. And so I know about a year ago, there was a bunch of people I was following. And I realized every time I went on there, I just feel like, oh, I just feel terrible. I'm not doing what they're doing. I haven't got that happening. I don't look like that. I don't, and, I, and, and actually, I was, I was doing some nutrition stuff at the time, and the guy who was running the course that I was doing was like, you have to take a really good look at the people you follow. Because if it's not good for you, and it's not healthy for you, get rid of it. And so I think that's true for us. We have to look at people we're following and go, look, I'm just going to get rid of all these people because that's not healthy for me. And it is part of our culture now. Social media is part of our culture. And so I feel like as Christians, we have to engage with that. We have to engage with what that looks like, you know, and how it affects us. And finally, <clears throat> find things that you like to do that are good for your soul. And this felt like a little bit of a weird one to add on, but I... I can't even remember if it was in the last preaching series, but Callum was talking about gardening or something. And I was like, that's so good. Like, how often do we talk about doing things that make us feel really good? I don't, I don't feel like we talk about it enough. We talk about not working. But then, often, if you've had a long, hard day at work, you come home and you just kind of collapse in a chair or you stick the telly on, think that'd be relaxing, and it isn't. But how often do we actually think about what things refresh us and make us feel good at a deep level? Because there are plenty of things that we do that don't. And actually, even our social time can turn into a, oh, I must go there and I must see them and I must do that. It's outside of work, but it's still a list of stuff you have to do. How often do we stop to do things that we love and actually make us feel alive? So then when I was, that was challenging, I was writing it going, oh. So, do you know, um, I was thinking about what things do I do that makes me feel like that? And we have a dog. Um, it took me 20 years to convince Clive to get a dog, but we now have a dog. And... And, and so we take turns to walk her. She's very energetic. We did also get a very energetic dog accidentally. Um, and so we take her out for a good hour and we take turns to do it. And do you know what? One of the things I love is just being, there's some fields and a lake and woods near our house. And when I'm there with her, firstly, I'm just out in creation. I love it. There's mornings when I'm walking and I just get to look around and you can hear the birds and... You can smell the smells of spring and summer. It sounds really odd, but I just, I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. And then this sounds really ridiculous, this bit. When I look at the dog, she, um, she's half lab, half springer, so she's entirely bonkers. But um, 
she's just wagging her tail, running around, like living her best life. And it, and it just reminds me of the simplicity of it. Like as I'm walking, I'm thinking about this and thinking about that. And actually, I, I look at her and I'm like, you don't care about any of that. You're just running around, happy to be alive and outside. And it reminds me to just be in that moment. And when I'm walking, I'm like, yeah, this is all I'm doing right now. I just got to walk. I don't have to stress about anything else that's going on. And it's so good for me. And it's so good for Clive. He won't admit it because he didn't want to get the dog. But now he loves the dog. And by the way, this is really annoying. Clive is the dog's favorite. <laughs> that's unfair, isn't it? I mean, it's nothing to do with the preach, right? although it does create a bit of anxiety for me, I've got to be honest. I've, for 20 years, I talked him into getting that dog, and now he's the favourite. What's that happened? Anyway, um, that's not what we're talking about. Um, and the other thing I love to do, which actually, this, this came about through um, lockdown, is art. And I, I used to do art when I was at school and stuff like that, and... Which is stressful in itself, by the way, if you're a young person and you do art at school, I just want to say, when they grade you, try to not own what they tell you, because it's art. My brother's an art teacher, we have this discussion all the time, right, about how you can grade art. But it's one of those things that when I, I started again in lockdown, and when I draw and when I paint, again, it's one of those things, you've just been in the moment, I'm not doing this for, you know, we work out as a job, so working out is fine, working out might be a, a, a thing that makes you going for a run, things like that, but for me, it feels a bit like my job. But when I'm drawing and painting, it's just me, I just... I'm in that moment, I'm not trying to achieve anything, no one's going to grade it, no, I'm not, it's not work, it's not anything else, and, and, and so, and then I was thinking about Callum's gardening thing, I have a love-hate thing with gardening, I do quite love it, but I am a fair-weather gardener also, if it's rainy or cold, I'm probably not going to be in the garden, but I was just thinking, genuinely engage with that, like, what is the stuff that makes you feel alive? For some of you, especially if you're extroverts, you might go, I just love being with my friends, I'm an introvert. I love going for a walk with my dog. <laughs> but, you know, I love being my friends. I love talking to people on the phone, especially if my family is far away. Or, you know, I love just taking time to read or to, whatever it is. It doesn't always have to be achievement-driven. And, and again, I, I was just struck by how much we, we feel that pressure to constantly be achieving. But what, what is it that makes you feel good at a deep soul level. <clears throat> In John 14, 27, it says, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And I think that's one of the things to go away with, that Jesus doesn't give you peace as the world gives it. The world offers it on a surface level often. This is deep peace. And this is peace regardless of circumstances. So actually, there can be all kinds of circumstances going on in your life. You know, financial illness. Um, you might be grieving. You might have had loss in your family. All of these things are real. But Jesus offers us peace for anxiety on a deep level. Um, and um, when we were talking about doing a response today, I just think it would be really great to invite 
you to come and be prayed for. And I realize, um, I realized when I was thinking about it, I was like, ah, oh, it's one of those ones that, that you have to be vulnerable to respond to. And then I was like, hang on a minute. I'm up here bearing my soul about my anxiety. This is fine to invite you guys to be vulnerable. And here's the thing. If we can't be vulnerable with each other in the family of God, and we can't be real about the struggles of anxiety and worry and stress and mental health, what chance do we have? If we can't do it in here as a family, if we genuinely believe that this is family, that God puts us into family, if we can't do it here, where can we do it? 